All right, Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28 and uh, verse 1. And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Malata. Now, when they say they were escaped, they were on the ship, and they had, Paul's on there, and he's being took to Rome, and he's on the ship, and there was a big uh, storm come up, and uh, Paul had tried to, to let them know, God's going to save every one of them, but you've got to follow my instructions. And the, the ship got hit, stuck on the shore. It got torn to pieces, but they all were able to make it to the shore. It's a great story. If you haven't read it, go back to chapter 27, 26, read all that. But in 28, they finally make it to shore. And when they were escaped, when they knew, they knew that the island was called Malata, which is modern-day Malta. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, every one, because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat, and fastened on his hand. So Paul's gathering together some firewood, and he's putting this firewood. Some, he's trying to put the fire, in, uh, some wood into the fire. Uh, we would call it a rattlesnake. A viper comes in just, just you know, that would freak you out, amen. I mean, that would scare you. Uh, uh, I had to go back and get some firewood last night for one of my uh, barbecue pits, and I reached down there and I thought about this story about a snake just reaching out and just uh, uh, getting me. And there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. When the barbarians saw the venomous beast, Hang on his hand, they said among themselves, uh, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he, verse 5, and he shook off, shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit, they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly, but after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said, that he was a god. So they call him a murderer one second, and then the snake uh, attaches his hand, and oh, Paul, Paul just shakes that snake off right up into the fire. And then, you know, Paul comes back and sits back down, and they're watching for him to swell up, to blow it up, to die, and he, nothing happens to him. They say, well, there's no doubt about this guy. He's a god. That's exactly what they say. Go back up to verse 5. I want to focus on verse 5 this morning. And it says, he, Paul, he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. So he shook off. Guys, I want to preach this morning. There's some things you need to shake off. Amen. There's some things in your life that you need to just shake off. There's some things you need to shake off. Okay? You need to shake off. First thing I want to point out that you need to shake off is you need to shake off your prejudices before you swell with hate. You need to shake off some prejudices before you swell with hate. Look at verse 2. And when they got to this island and the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. Now this, this Malta, Malta's still around today and it's on that map over there. You can't see it on this map very well. But you know the uh, Italy, Rome, Italy comes down and it, uh, it has that boot shape. Well Malta's right at the, at the, at the bottom, it's, it's south of that boot that little island is south of that boot, but it's north of Africa. So it's right in between there. There's a little island. Even to today, you can go into a map, and they have St. Paul's Bay on that island where uh, Paul landed, where this story took place. They call it St. Even to today, they call it 2,000 years later, they call it St. Paul's Bay. But it's real close to North Africa, but it's, uh, it's south of, uh, of Italy. And it says that there's barbarous people there. Now, 
when I think of barbarians, when I think of islanders, I've got prejudices. I've watched way too much TV, way too many movies. Because I think of when you land on an island and I see some guys come out, I imagine they came out and they had bones in their nose and they had spears and they came out and their hair's all wild and they grabbed up Paul, they're going to grab up Paul and they're going to take him into the island and they were going to put him on a spit and they were going to roast him, you know. And they were going to spin him on a spit and tie him up just like a chicken or a turkey and they were going to roast him and they were going to eat him like cannibals. That's why, you know why I think that? Because I've been watching way too much TV, way too many movies. Because I wouldn't know that unless I've seen that on a movie or a TV, amen? <laughs> but that's what I think of. That's what they should do. They should take a spear and they should kill old Paul. And they should, no, 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 that's not what happened. That's prejudice, Brother Keegan. What happened was the barbarous people showed them, showed us no little kindness. For they kindled a fire and received us everyone because of the present rain and because of the cold. They took care of Paul and the guys. They come up on the island and they were shipwrecked and they come up there and they built them a fire and they started getting some blankets and they took care of Paul and the rest of the men. They showed a lot of kindness to them. These men were good men and they, they, they wanted to try to take care of Paul. Look at verse 10. Go down to verse 10. Same chapter. Look at verse 10. Who also honored us with many honors. And when we departed, they laded us with such things as were necessary. When they ended up leaving the island, they gave them a bunch of stuff that they needed and helped them out. These were good people. You need to shake off some prejudice you might have before you swell with hate. You need to shake them off. They showed them great hospitality. What you need to realize, it says there in verse 2, barbarous people. Jesus Christ died for the souls of those barbarous people, just like He died for your souls. Amen. Yes, He did. He died for everybody. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, Not willing that any, any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God, Jesus Christ didn't just die for the Jew, praise the Lord. Amen. God, Jesus Christ died for every man and woman on this earth. And that's coming on this earth for every sin. Jesus Christ told his disciples, You shall go and be a witness unto the uttermost, uttermost parts of the earth. Not just here in Israel. You're going to go down into the jungles of Africa. You're going to go down into the Mongolians, to the Chinese, to the Orientals. You're going to go to the blacks. You're going to go to everybody. And you're going to witness of me. You're going to tell the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We need to shake off some of these prejudices before we swell with hate. See, the problem is, you're, what you're seeing on TV and some of what you're seeing in a movie is not a representation of the people's races. You're seeing a lot of made-up stuff, and you're seeing some people that don't represent their race, don't represent their people, don't represent their culture. And you need to shake some of that off, because those prejudices will keep you from witnessing for Jesus Christ. And we need to be a witness to everybody around us. We need to shake some of this stuff off. In the day and age we're living in, especially what's been going on the last couple of weeks, you get this idea and you see some stuff going on TV and you start lumping everybody in together and it don't, it's not that way. No, it's not that way, guys. And we need to shake some of that stuff off. It doesn't represent them. Hey, when you go around some of these, and I grew up, and I'll be the first to tell you, I grew up playing basketball with a lot of African-American men. I had a, uh, one of my best friends at the time was African-American. I grew up around a lot of these people. And they are culturally different. But they're just like me and you. They're just culturally a little different. 
But Jesus Christ died for them just like he died for me. They need Jesus Christ just like I need Jesus Christ. They have a soul that Jesus Christ died for just like he died for your soul. You need to shake some of this stuff off. Guys, are so, listen to me. The only difference between some of them and me and you is Jesus Christ, okay? You need to get this stuff, man. And when you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, like when I went into the prisons there, the maximum security prison there in, in Gatesville, when I go into the Hughes unit, and there's a lot of them are, 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 are black men, and I go talk to them, and I run into a black brother in Christ, man, it's like we are brothers, Man, just a smile on his face, just a smile on my face, and we're shaking hands and, and hug each other. And how are you doing, brother? Man, I want to get out here and preach Jesus Christ. I'm ready to get out of here and serve my time and preach Jesus Christ. I'm like, glory to God. Amen. And he's as black as he can be, and I'm as white as I can be. But we're brothers in Jesus Christ. Amen. And you got to shake off some of these prejudices you have or you'll swell with hate. Man, I learned this a long time ago. <laughs> Back when I was 18, 19, I worked at a computer store. Downtown Brownwood, Mid-Texas Computers. Back in the PC days of XT's. XT. Y'all don't know what an XT is, because that's way back in the day. That's before Windows, when Windows was just something you washed. Google was just something you did when a good pretty girl walked by. And Yahoo was something you yelled at a barn dance. Those kind of days. Way back in the days, okay? And I was in there selling computers, and they had me on the floor selling computers. And this old man walked in with cover overalls, dirty cover overalls, pulled up in an old beat-up truck. And this old man walked in, an old, an old rancher. Beat-up old clothes, coveralls, comes walking in there. I want to look for a computer. And I'm trying to be nice to him. Okay, well, what are you looking for? I'm looking for, a, what you got over here, you know? And what's this, Show me this over here. So I'm, I'm over here talking to him. That guy ended up spending thousands of dollars. And it blew me away. That guy was rich. <laughs> I mean, in my mind, this guy's rich. He pulled out his wallet to pay for that. He didn't use no credit card. He, he had, his wallet was stuffed full of bills. I mean, he's lucky I didn't mug him right there. And then we'd have another guy come in, and he'd be in a suit. And he was a, a, a good-looking guy, clean guy, man, suit up there. And he'd go, well, I want one of these computers right there. And Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, anything you want, sir. And we'd go, and he'd pull out his credit card, and I had to tell him, come back up the front and tell him, uh, your card's been declined. What? Yeah, your card's been declined. Well, try this one. <laughs> he'd give me another credit card to go to the back, have to come back up there front. And we called on this card, and this card's been declined, too. Well, I just don't understand. And he'd walk out the door. Well, I understood. You're broke. And the bank and the and, and city group or whoever you had your credit card through, they're trying to tell you, you're broke. So I learned a long time ago to drop those prejudices. Amen. You know, don't judge a man by what he's wearing. Don't judge a man by what he's driving. Amen. Don't judge a man by what his skin color is. Don't judge a man that way. You'll be shocked to find out that man you trust, that man you think is something else that's got the suit on, he'll cut your throat. And that man you see with those dirty clothes on it, you say, well, I don't know. He's the one that'll do something for you. He's the one that'll pull over and help you change your tire. Man, I learned that a lot. It don't take long to learn that kind of stuff. If you got kind of, some kind of prejudices, you've got to shake them off. You better shake them off. You'll swell with hate. It's guaranteed you'll swell with hate. Let's move on. Let's move on to the next one. Look at verses 3 and 4. Look at verses 3 and 4. And when Paul had gathered bundles of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. 
And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. The next thing you need to shake off, you need to shake off those reproaches. They're calling Paul a murderer. Paul's not done anything wrong. Paul's doing exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ told him to do. Get on a boat. Now he's going down in the shipwreck. And Paul's heading to get his head cut off. Paul's no murderer like that. They're thinking he's a murderer. And they're calling him a murderer. You need to shake off some of these reproaches and these persecutions you're getting before you swell with self-pity. If you don't shake off some of these reproaches and these persecutions you're getting for the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to swell with self-pity. You'll swell with self-pity. Self-pity is defined as excessive, self-absorbed unhappiness over one's own troubles. That's the world we live in today. Amen. Amen. I don't care if y'all like it or not. That's the world we live in today. Everybody has self-pity. Oh, woe is me. Whoa. Oh, this and, oh, this and me. Oh, it's all about me, 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 me. And oh, look at me, look at me. Look how much trouble I'm going through. And Oh, self-pity, self-pity, self-pity. You got to drop that stuff, man. Amen. You need to drop that stuff. You need to shake it off. You need to drop that selfishness. Look at Luke chapter 6. Keep your hand here, but turn to Luke chapter 6. Let's see what Lord Jesus Christ had to say about this. Turn with me to Luke chapter 6, verse 22. You've got to shake off. You need to shake off that reproaches and that persecutions you're going through. Just shake that stuff off, because if you don't, you'll swell with self-pity. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 22. Look at verse 22. Let's see what Lord Jesus Christ has to say about this. See, self-pity is just selfishness. Self-pity is just selfishness. selfishness is all it is. Look at verse 22. Look what Jesus Christ says. Blessed are ye. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. When men are doing that to you, they're hating on you because of Jesus Christ. They're making fun of you because of the Bible you're carrying or the clothes you're wearing that are church clothes or the way you don't cuss and the way you don't drink and they're making fun of you and mocking you. Jesus Christ said, you're blessed. Don't get that self-pity going on. You need to shake that stuff off. Say, well, I'm being reproached. Shake that stuff off. You're blessed. You're blessed. Look what else Jesus Christ had to say. Very next verse, verse 23. Rejoice you in that day. He says, Rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the, unto the prophets. Jesus not only goes on to say, You're blessed. He says, You need to be rejoicing. He says, You need to be leaping for joy. Hey, you know what the disciples did when they were getting persecuted for Jesus Christ and whipped for Jesus Christ? They came out and it says they glorified God and rejoiced that they were counted worthy to be persecuted for the name of Jesus Christ. Hey, you should feel good if somebody's making fun of you for being a Christian. That means you're a Christian. Amen. You need to shake it off. See, that self-pity that comes from selfishness, that comes from being self-aware. What do people think about me? What are people talking about? What are people saying about me? What are people going to say when I do this? What are people going to... I remember when I was a young Christian. Man, I was a young Christian and uh, I would carry a Bible in to go into Waterburger. I wanted to take a Bible in. I was going in by myself and I wanted to study the Bible. And I would go into Waterburger with my Bible. 
uh, to, to study it. And I remember that walk from my car to the front of Whataburger was nerve-wracking. I remember I almost almost shaking. I was so nervous and scared. that What was somebody going to say when they saw me holding this Bible in my hand? And I got up to the door and I walked in. And I mean, I mean literally just sweating because people are going to laugh and make fun of me. And boy, when you get older in the Lord and you start becoming mature in Jesus Christ, I walk in with my Bible. I don't care what anybody says. When I walk in there and open up the door, yeah, I got a Bible, you know, and go over there and order my stuff and go over and sit there and open my Bible and read my Bible and study my Bible in front of everybody. And it's amazing how many people will come up and start asking me Bible questions. Oh, I see you reading the Bible there. What do you think about this? Or what do you think? And I said, Listen, people will respect you for being able to stand for what you believe. Stop being so worried about this kind of stuff. Shake that stuff off. It's self-pity. Look at Luke chapter 9. This is one more verse. Look at Jesus Christ. And I want to finish this verse off and then we'll go back. Luke, Luke, Luke 9, 23. Luke 9, 23. What Jesus Christ commands us to do. Every Christian should know this. But so many don't. He says, he said to them all. Talking about Jesus. He said to them all. 9.23, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. Listen, friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, if you're a Christian, your main objective is to say, I deny myself, I deny myself, I'm picking up this cross, meaning I'm taking this, this flesh, I'm crucifying it every day, and I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. When you follow Jesus Christ, you're talking about God the Father manifesting a man who literally... He could have came down as a king at that time. He could have came down in a a castle. He could have came down with all the gold in the world. He could have came down any way he chose to come down. But Jesus Christ came in the form of of a little child in a manger around a bunch of animals. Grew up with a poor carpenter. He chose to be that way. And when he got older, he chose to not have a a place to lay his head. He chose not to have a house. He didn't choose to have a mansion. He didn't choose to have the nicest cars of that day. He didn't choose to have the nicest things of that day. Listen, guys, that should be an example for you. Stop worrying about what the world has to offer and start thinking about other people and deny yourself. You know, selfishness, truly. Selfishness is like a... You've seen those house of mirrors at the carnivals? You go to the carnivals and they have, it's usually like a, it's usually like a, a thing called a house of mirrors. And you, and you walk into it and it's nothing but mirrors in there. And you walk through this maze and it's mirrors and then they got little, you, they have little plastic uh, glass that you can't see. It, you can see through it and you can't see it's there. Uh, me, and, me and Kathy went up to the local carnival the other night and I said, I just want to go and watch what's going on up there. And we walked up there, and there were some kids going through that, and they were walking through there. Boom. <laughs> they couldn't see that. I just love watching the kids run into things, you know, trying to find their way. That's the way selfishness is. So you get in that house of mirrors, and all you see everywhere you look is yourself. And then they have the mirror set up, and you look at one mirror, and it makes you woo bend a certain way. And then you go to the next mirror, and the mirror makes you go woo. You know what I'm talking about? That's what selfishness does. You're going, and everywhere you look is you, and everywhere you look is you, and it's distorted you. It's distorted. You can't look at yourself long enough to where it get until it gets distorted. And the worst thing about a house of mirrors when you get in there and you're looking at yourself everywhere you turn is, it's really hard to get out. They make it to where it's really hard to get out. 
Because everywhere you look, it's just you. Guys, that's an example of selfishness. And you need to drop that selfishness. You need to shake that stuff out before you get self-pity. I'm going to give you a recipe of how to be miserable. Y'all like that? Y'all come all the way up here this Sunday morning to find out how to be miserable? I'm already All right, brother. We'll see if any of this miserableness, see if any of this relates to how you feel this morning, brother, okay? Here's a recipe of how to be miserable. Think about yourself. All right? Talk about yourself. Use I. Use the letter I. Use the word I as often as possible. Mirror yourself continually in the opinion of others. Listen greedily to what people say about you. Be suspicious. Expect, expect to be appreciated. Be jealous and envious. Be sensitive to slights. Never forgive a criticism. Never forgive a criticism. Trust nobody but yourself. Insist on consideration and the proper respect. Demand agreement with your own views on everything. Sulk if people are not grateful to you for favors shown to them. Never forget a service you may have rendered. Be on the lookout for a good time for yourself. Shirk your duties if you can. Do as little as possible for others. Love yourself supremely. Be selfish. This is guaranteed to make you a very miserable person. If I've hit on anything in there, you need to pray about that to the Lord. And you need to shake that off. And you need to shake that stuff off so you won't swell up with this self-pity. We don't want to be, have that self-pity. Let's go back to Acts chapter 28. Let's go back to Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28. Let's go, back to the next, let's go look at the next one. Look at, the, look at verse 5. Acts chapter 28 verse 5. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he, that he was a God. Alright, the next thing you need to shake off, according to the book of Acts chapter 28, you need to shake off the compliments. You need to shake off the compliments before you swell with pride. You need to shake that stuff off. This is the hardest one, guys, I promise you. Because everybody loves a good compliment, Amen. I've never seen somebody get a compliment and get angry about it. You need to shake that stuff off. Were they not just calling him a murderer? (laughs) They were just calling him a murderer there in verse 3. I mean, excuse me, verse 4. No doubt this man is a murderer. A couple of minutes later, hey, this man's a god. Murderer and then a god. The same people that compliment you, are the same people that can just stab you in the back and say some of the meanest things to you. Amen. Amen. Anybody been in a marriage, they know exactly what I mean. Amen, Brother Kiggy. Y'all been married long enough to know sometimes your wife or husband can say some of the sweetest things to you and they can say some of the cruelest things to you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Raymond. You need to shake off the compliments before you swell with pride. Paul was a murderer, now he's a God. I want to tell you this morning, don't believe your own press. That's a good saying. They say it a lot. Coaches in the NFL and some of the sports teams, they love to say that. Don't believe your own press. Don't believe what everybody's saying about you. Listen, you're never as good as they say you are, and you're never as bad as they say you are. Never. You get these compliments, you need to shake them off. 
You need to shake them off because you, what happens? Why, why do I need to shake them off? Bro? I love a good compliment. Bro, you better shake them off or you'll start swelling up with pride. You'll get prideful. You'll start believing what the press says about you. You'll start believing what people are saying about you. And you know what Paul said about himself was, I know that what dwelleth in me dwelleth no good thing. That is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. That's what the greatest Christian that ever lived who wrote 13 books of the New Testament. He said, what dwelleth in me dwelleth no good thing. That's in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. And another scripture he said, I am the chief of all sinners. See, you've got to realize who you are and what you are and humble yourself down and deny yourself and then you become one of the greatest Christians you've ever known. But you've got to shake off those compliments. You need to shake them off before you swell with pride. Let me show you a couple of verses in Proverbs. Look at Proverbs chapter 16, and then we'll close up. Look at Proverbs chapter 16. I'm going to show you a couple of verses to show you what the Word of God says about pride. Y'all, already, y'all should already know what the Bible's going to say, but it's good to read over it every once in a while to humble ourselves down. And to, we need to be warned about pride. We need to shake off those compliments. We don't want to swell up with pride. Pride is evil. Pride is evil. Look at verse, uh, chapter 16, verse 18. The Bible's real plain about it. The Word of God's real plain about it. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You get to hearing these compliments. You start believing your own press. You start believing all this good stuff. People are saying, oh, you're such a good Christian. Oh, you're such a good Christian. Don't believe it. Shake that stuff off. Say, you know what? I'm not a good Christian. You're just seeing Jesus Christ in me. Give Jesus Christ the glory. Give God the glory. Stop taking the God, the glory away from God and Jesus Christ. When somebody compliments you for helping them out or doing something else, say, well, I give God the glory. I have the health to come up here and change this tire for you or help you out or whatever, or give you this money that you need to help you out. It's not me giving it to you. It's Jesus Christ. He's blessed me and given me the, the, the health to be able to go to this job and bless me with a good job. I give God the glory. Stop taking the glory away from God. And turn it back to Jesus Christ before you swell up with pride. Pride goeth before the destruction. Look at chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29. Chapter 29. Verse 23. What the Bible warns you about. A a man's pride shall bring him low. Chapter 29 verse 23. A man's pride shall bring him low. But honor shall hold the humble in spirit. Amen. Yeah, that pride, you need to shake those compliments off. You need to shake them off before you swell with pride. That pride will bring you low. Pride has destroyed many a man. I've never known a man to be destroyed by humbleness. Ever. The greatest power you'll find in the Bible is humbleness. It's amazing. You can touch God's heart with humbleness. I've seen it over and over and over again in Scripture where some of the most wicked men in the Bible's ever described, wickedest kings, they simply humbled themselves down before God and He let them go. The power of humbleness is incredible. But why is nobody humble? You need to shake off those compliments. You need to shake off, the, you don't want to swell with pride. You don't want to start believing your own press. You don't want to start believing you're good enough and you've done enough. You haven't been good enough. You haven't done enough. It's all Jesus Christ. And if you sit down with me and you argue with me, I could point at your life and say, right there, God took care of you. Right there, God kept you from dying in a car wreck. God right there took care of you when you tripped. You could have broke your leg or broke your neck. 
Man, I just sit through a class. Horrible. They show video after video of little kids being ran over by cars, guys being thrown out of cars, people being ran over by big old trucks. And they showed us these videos to show us that you got to be careful when you drive these trucks. You're going to run over and kill somebody. And they showed all these graphic videos. You know what it did to me? It humbled me down. It made me realize, you know what? When I get in, I got to be careful. It's when you start getting prideful. You start thinking you're better than you are, and you're going to run somebody right over. You start thinking you drive that car better than anybody else. There's all kinds of things. Men, are, we're so prideful. And it's all, mostly men, amen. Men, are, we're so prideful in everything we do. We need to humble ourselves down. Start giving the glory back to Jesus Christ and to God where it belongs. Yes, sir. He's talking about flattery. Let me show you one more verse in Psalm chapter 12. And then we'll close up. Psalms chapter 12. Go to Psalm chapter 12, verse 2. I want to show you this. You know, people are so good at flattering each other. And we tend to do that. We know flattery gets you everywhere. Amen. Amen, it does. A lot of women have got into a lot, a lot of women have got into a lot of trouble because they let some man flatter them. Flattery's evil. You're just flattering somebody, trying to, trying to sweet talk them. You're doing something evil right there, man. You've got to be careful of the words you use. You can flatter somebody when you don't even mean it. How many of us have said things to somebody that was really nice when we really didn't mean it? I think every one of us. <laughs> How many of us have told somebody they could really sing when they couldn't sing a lick? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that was beautiful singing. You're like, oh, my, sound like a turkey squawking. And you're oh, oh, brother, oh, sister, that was some good singing. Thank, praise the Lord, you really can sing. And then you get in the car with your wife and go, God, sound like a turkey, flock of turkeys. That's called flattery. Look at Psalm chapter 12, verse 2. They speak vanity, everyone with his neighbor. With flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. Yeah. Flattering lips and a double heart. But what that means is you're saying one thing, but you mean another. Amen. They're complimenting you one way, and then they're getting in the car, they're getting in their house, and they close the doors, and they're making fun of you and, 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 and talking behind your back. Look at verse 3. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things. There's that pride, there's that pride again, guys. I didn't write that in your Bible before you came up here. I didn't write that in your Bible before you came up here. God put that in the Bible for you to know. That's tied together. Pride and flattering lips. You've got to be careful with that stuff. Look at verse 4. Who have said, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. I'll say what I want to say and when I want to say it. And who's going to tell me not to? God said, I'm going to cut those lips off. That's a scary verse right there. Be careful flattering people. You don't have to hurt people's feelings, amen. You know, you don't have to come up and tell them something mean, but you don't have to flatter them just to flatter. I like to hear a compliment from somebody that I know doesn't like to give compliments. I have a boss at work that this guy will not give me any kind of credit, will not give me any kind of compliments. It drives me completely crazy. But there are some days, once a year, sometimes he'll say, hey, you did a good job there. <laughs> what do you think I think? Oh, I hate that guy. What happens? I swell up with pride. You know why? Because I know that guy means it. 
because he don't just say that every day. I got to take that stuff and shake it off. I don't want to swell with pride. You got to shake this stuff off. It's important, guys. You'll get into that prideful attitude. Let's go back to Acts 28 and close this up. Acts chapter 28. There's a real important lesson to be learned at the end of this. Acts chapter 28. Let's close it up. Acts chapter 28. And I want to notice there in verse 5 something very important. If you know your Bible, and you know your Bible, a lot of y'all know your Bible really well. We're going through the book of of Revelation together. You know that that the Antichrist, which is the devil incarnate, is called the beast. Amen? Y'all know that, okay? The Antichrist, which is the devil incarnate, is called the beast in the Bible. Notice there in verse 5, that viper, and he shook off the beast unto the fire and felt no harm. I want to finish off by saying this. You need to shake off the devil before you swell up with depression. You need to shake off the devil before you swell up with depression. Shake that devil off. You know the devil is a type of a snake, right? You know the snake is a devil? It says he took that old beast, that old snake, and he just shook it off. You need to do that before you swell up with depression. See, when the devil gets after you, and I know the devil's after some of y'all, he's been after me. The devil gets after you, he gets after your health, he gets after your finances, he gets after your emotional, emotional health. You get to having all these problems in your life, and it gets depressing. You wake up every day, and this world is a very depressing world for a Christian. Everywhere a Christian turns, there's something that tears his heart out, that bothers him, that knows things could be better, things could be right. They don't know what they're living. They're living a wrong kind of life, and it depresses you as you see the world and the media, and they keep propping up all these people that are wicked, propping up all these evil people, and they prop them up and glorify them and put them up on pedestals. And the whole time, the people that you know are living a godly life, they're mocking them and making fun of them and ridiculing them, and it's a depressing world to live in. It's the devil's world. And guys, you need to take that old devil, you need, and you need to shake him off. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. You need to remember the devil's going to go in the fire. Amen. Let's, and he shook off the beast into the fire. You know what happens to the devil at the end of the book of Revelation? He gets thrown into the fire. Into the lake of fire, he's going to hell. Jesus Christ said the hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. It was never meant for me and you. We're not supposed to be going there. Jesus Christ paid a way for you not to go. He doesn't want you to go. You shouldn't go. He doesn't want you to go. He's did everything He can to keep you from going. When that old snake grabs a hold of you, that old devil, you need to shake him off and say, I know where you're going. You're going to hell. Get off of me. Say, so how can you be so confident, Brother Keegan? Well, I've got the Word of God, number one. And number two, I know how it ends. And it's never, ever, ever, ever about the way it begins. It's always how it ends. Praise the Lord for that. Because some of us have had a rough beginning, Brother Joker. Grew up in some rough neighborhoods. Grew up with some rough family members. Grew up with some rough things happening in our lives. But I know that's not how it's going to end. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with Brother Billy, Brother Joker. It has nothing to do with anything. It's all to do with Jesus Christ. Because I know how it is. And I know in the end, the devil doesn't win. My Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, wins. And if he wins, I win. Because I'm with Jesus Christ all the way. I'm in his kingdom. 
And there was a time I said, I take my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as my king. And he said, come on in. I'm adopting you. You're a son of the king. You're a son of God. Come on in here. Now you're part of the kingdom. And that on the other side is the enemy. His name is the devil. And we're going to destroy him in the end. And he lined it out exactly how he's going to do it. And just like Paul took that old viper and shook it off in the fire and sat down and looked, he said he felt no harm. Amen. The devil's not going to do you no harm. You're a child of the king. Shake off that old devil. Don't get swelled up with depression. There's a better day coming. And thanks to the Lord of God, thanks for the Word of God, we know there is a better day coming. Praise the Lord for that. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank You for that day. And we want to thank You so much for Jesus Christ. Lord, thank You for sending Him down here to die for our sins, Father God. Father, thank you, Father God, for your words that we can read and study. And oh, they're so wonderful, Lord God. And Lord, thank you that they straighten us out. And they show us where the world's wrong and you're right. Now, Father, there's somebody in the sound of my voice that may they're being bit by the old devil, Lord. May there's something swelling. They're swelled up with pride. Maybe swelled up with self-pity. May they're swelled up with depression, Lord God. Father, I ask you to help them shake it off. Through your Holy Spirit, Lord God, I ask you to help them shake it off. They might be able to get up, Lord God, and keep living for you. And have that sunshine in their life, Lord God, knowing that there is a day coming, that all this is going to end, and it's going to begin a brand new day up there with you, with all your love and all your peace and all your joy. Lord, if there's somebody in each sound of my voice that's dealing with some persecution, maybe at work, maybe in the family, Lord God, Father, I ask you to help them leap for joy. Lord, through the Holy Spirit, Lord God, give them the love they need and the Spirit just to be able to leap for joy and to know there's a new day coming. Father, if there's somebody at the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, as we give the invitation, Father, I pray, and Lord, you'll speak to their heart the truth, and they'll come on down here and get saved. Lord, we, don't, we want to see them up in heaven. We don't want to see them at that judgment day, Lord, being judged by you. But, Father, we love you, and we thank you for this little church, Lord God, and we thank you for the people that come in here. I ask you to bless each and every one of them. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. All right, brothers, have an invitation. If you need to make a decision for the Lord, come on down. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know, a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.